You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galena, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I am Joe Galina. I'm here with Mike Florio and Frankie Cheech Stample. And you can give us a call, 844-843-6879 for some lineup advice, trade advice. You could tweet out to us at FNTSY Radio. And we do have a caller on the line. Corey from Missouri. I, I've never heard what can rhyme with Corey, but now we know. There you go. I like it. Hey, Corey, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. How can we help you today? I was wondering who I should bench, either Alshon Jeffrey or Jarvis Landry, because I want to start Higgins. You, you want to start Hollywood? I want to start Higgins. So mm-hmm. who are the two you're thinking about benching? It's Alshon Jeffrey and Jarvis Landry. Look, I'm not benching either of these guys I, for Higgins. I love Rashard Higgins this week and moving forward, but, I mean, we've only seen him do it once. Jarvis Landry just had something like 15 targets last week, and Janoris Jenkins is out for the Giants this week, so I think Alshon Jeffrey can have a big game as well. I, yeah, I agree with you. I can't I can't bench either one of these had, guys but, for but Higgins. But if you had to pick one, because if Corey wants to start Higgins, okay. sometimes you got to go with your hunch. So of the two, who would you who would you bench? Of the two, mm-hmm. I think... I, I would bench Landry. Mm-hmm. Because I think that game's going to set up where they're going to be up and Corey, they're playing with a Corey, is this a PPR a league? Or what kind of league is this? It's a standard. Okay. I, I, I would lead Jeffrey in there. He got a ton of targets yeah. last week. I think he can score a touchdown this mm-hmm. week. And uh, Landry's more valuable we, in PPR leagues. Yeah, we yeah. saw it just last week, you mm-hmm. know, when Eli Apple had to play on the outside. Marvin Jones caught a touchdown down the sideline. I think Alshon Jeffrey can have something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as good as Jarvis Landry was last week in a standard league, he still only put up six points because it was something like 13 receptions for like 68 yards or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, I'm. if you want to, if you have to bench one of them, I guess it's Landry. Yeah. And, and I think that's a good. That's good advice on Frank's part, bringing up the Janoris Jenkins injury, because sure. before he was ruled out, I had him, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, as a very low-end wide receiver, too. Now with him I'm, now with him out, I've mm-hmm. bumped him up significantly. Mm-hmm. All right, Corey, good luck to you, buddy. All right, so um, we're going to get to some uh, game previews. We're going to be doing our fantasy roulette we've been doing in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, any other injuries that we're concerned about? What about a uh, uh, real quick uh, Jay Ajayi? Any 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 fears about him and his knee? I mean, I feel that if you're a, an Ajayi owner, you have to make sure that you get Kenyon Drake just in case, right? No buys coming up now. Yeah, I think, you know, we spoke about this a little bit yesterday, too. The fact that he played something like 94% of the snaps last mm-hmm. week, had 30 total touches, uh, a guy who has had, you know, degenerative knee issues already. I think that was a bad play on Adam Gase's part. But if he plays, the Jets have been killed by running back so far. I still think he's a top 12 running back. I agree, but I think it's Damian Williams you have to own. Hmm. I think he's a little banged up as well. But we'll be back with more. We're going to be doing some game previews when we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock Daily Fantasy Sports. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Week 3. We're right in the middle of week 3. Can't believe it. How time flies. Before you know it, you'll be winning a fantasy championship if you keep on listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And uh, don't forget, uh, we've got uh, Bengals beat writer Jay Morrison from Cox Media Group uh, joining us a little later. And... uh, you can give us a call, 844-843-6879. Oh, and uh, why don't we get started on some game previews? Joey, real quick. Yeah. We have a caller. Oh, you do? Victor from Houston. There you go. Victor, how's it going? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for calling in. How can we help you? Thank you for taking my call. Um, well, I'm having trouble with my wide receiver and flex uh, position. Um, I have the options of Golden Tate, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, Christian McCaffrey, and Joe Mixon. And I guess Tevin Coleman, but I really don't want to start him. I just don't know what to do with like how to set these guys up. Is this a standard or a PPR league? Uh, 0.5 PPR. So a half PPR. Uh, I would really want to get Christian McCaffrey in at the flex there. Uh, and then we're looking at one of Michael Thomas or Brandon Cooks, I think, as the wide receiver. I'm going to lean Michael Thomas. I think Michael Thomas and McCaffrey here. But if you wanted to go Cooks in the flex, uh, I don't have a problem with that either. What do you guys think? Who is his full allotment of players it was again? Golden Tate, Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, McCaffrey, and Mixon. I'd go Cooks and Michael Thomas. Yeah, my, I'd go Michael Thomas, and I'm kind of leaning the way you were with McCaffrey to, this week. Yeah, it is very close. It's a good question. All but three of us do agree on Michael Thomas. Though. Yeah, <laughs> All, those three yeah. are the other the guys that I think it's narrowed down to between Michael Thomas, Brandon Cooks, and McCaffrey. But mm-hmm. I, I still lean McCaffrey there. All right, Victor, thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right, good luck, buddy. Joe, yes, I know that you don't care about the NBA at all, Mellow. but this is huge yeah. news. No, Com- not, don't say I don't care at all. No, yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to frame it like that. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm leaving. That's no, it. I'm, I don't care. I know we're here talking fantasy football. I'm sorry, Joe. I shouldn't have framed it no, like no, that. No, that's fine. It's but fine. Uh, no, it's true. We are yeah. here. We're talking fantasy football. We're in the thick of the fantasy football season. But Carmelo Anthony has just been traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Ennis Cantor. Doug McDermott, and a draft pick. What I presume will probably be a first-round draft pick, I hope, as a, uh, as a former Knicks fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, wow, this, you know, this propels the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm really interested to see how they can all coexist because mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook plays with the ball in his hands. We just saw him have an absolutely phenomenal, historic season where he averaged a triple-double. Uh, and then they get Paul George, who's a good two-way player. So, you know, that's going to help some of the deficiency on defense that, that Melo has. Uh, but then you still have a legit, you know, 
plus 20 plus point scorer in Carmelo Anthony. So I'm interested to see how this all works out uh, with three guys who like to play with the ball in their hands. But I think this moves the Oklahoma City Thunder up to fourth, maybe even third seed in the West. This is huge. I was joking around with friends last night. I said, if he goes to OKC, there's going to be literally every other guy outside of George Westbrook and Mello are going to be fighting each other to, to see who gets those other three shots per game. Now, what do you think about on the Knicks side? Yeah, that's what, what I was just going to ask what you. What kind Mike. of a draft pick do you think? I mean, high I, or if, it, if a it's first a first round, round draft pick, mm-hmm. the the Thunder are obviously going to be competitive this year. So it's a second, second round, round pick. Okay. Wow, so that sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially for the Thunder, who are going to be a competitive team, so it'll be a late pick. Uh, Ennis Cantor, he's a guy who can score as mm-hmm. a big man. Um, I'm not sure that he starts on this team because Willie Hernan Gomez looked great for the Knicks last year, and to have Kristaps Porzingis, obviously, I think those two guys are the future. Um, from a fantasy perspective, Ennis Cantor probably going to have more solidified playing time with the Knicks team now off the bench in that you know 25 minutes per game uh, kind of role. Doug McDermott, I mean, he's kind of been a bust since he's come out of college. He's nothing more than a three-point shooter. Uh, but really, it looks more like it was a salary dump more than anything. Mm-hmm. The Knicks is trying to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. Well, I've got to tell you, it was interesting just watching your two faces when this news broke. Both your eyes yeah. just almost popped out of your yeah. head. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, I, I'm a Syracuse fan. He's long Before he was a Nick, he was mm-hmm. one of my favorites, if not my favorite mm-hmm. NBA player. So I'm a little sad. Hmm. Uh, uh, I get the feeling, though. I mean, and I'm a casual basketball fan. That he was kind of he kind of had a disappointing Knicks career. No, I mean, was that more on the players surrounding him? You think? Yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. So it, it was. It was definitely disappointing. What I will say here, Mike, you know, you being a Knicks fan, me a former Knicks fan, um, I think this <laughs> helps them if they want to wanna, later. <laughs> if they want to tank this year. I think that certainly helps their cause. They've been tanking since I've been alive. <laughs> That's very true. Sorry, my condolences go out to you. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, my new team, trust the process. Uh, it's going to be a great year for the 76ers. All right, should we try to get one game in? before? Let's do it, show? yeah. Fantasy football. That's why we're here, right? Yeah. Croupier? What? <laughs> oh, that's our croupier. Ah. Yeah. He brings his drinks and everything. I love roulette. It's my favorite <laughs> casino game. Oh, he's bet on black. Right? And it... Or red. <laughs> Giants versus Eagles. There you go. All right, we could do this fairly quickly, right? Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. uh, we were just talking about him. Janoris Jenkins out. Mm-hmm. I think that moves him up into that very, very high-end wide receiver two range. I think he's a top 15 wide receiver this week. Zach Ertz has been one of the most consistent tight ends already this gonna season. going to have a big, big day. Yeah, yeah. The, the Giants have struggled yeah. against tight ends start so the far. the Eagles defense as well. I mean, they, I think they're second or third in sacks. And obviously, if you know anything about what's been going on with the Giants, offensive line is horrid. Uh, ben McAdoo uh, really laying into his quarterback, which is interesting. I guess part of it, Maybe he thinks he could take it, that he's a veteran or whatnot, but uh, run game non-existent. You know, I mean, when you look at Paul Perkins, he came into the season as the number one guy there, but uh, he's a guy that needs an offensive line that's going to create holes, and then once he breaks out into the open, he's elusive and can get things done, but he's not going to create holes. They're talking about getting Orleans Darkwa involved Ooh. a little bit more. Uh, you know, don't add Darkwa, but don't start uh, Perkins as well. I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> That's the Orleans Darkwa sound. That will forever be the sound whenever you bring up I mean, his name. Odell Beckham Jr., you have to start him. Is there Marshall, a, you have to sit him at, until he does something, right? Is there a giant that you start other than Odell Beckham? I don't even think I'm starting their defense. You know, Evan either. Ingram came out of the concussion protocol. So, I mean, with all the injuries happening this week, I might consider him because he's been getting, you know, four, 
catches uh, a game or so, and he did score that touchdown. I, I might consider him based on need, just because if you have a, a tight end that's down. Going back to the metal thing, the, the, pick, <laughs> the pick though I'm just seeing is is from Chicago. Oh, really? So it is not. It's a second round pick from Chicago, so it's going to be an early second round pick, more than likely. Yay! Still, Here not, you go. Trying to find great. solace in the Knicks, <laughs> Giants, Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than Odell Beckham, I think the only other one, Joey. I think you said it right. Mm-hmm. It's uh, if you're deep, if you're in need of a tight end, yeah. a little bit this deeper. This week, everyone's uh, dealing with Ingram. Yeah. yeah. I will say all the tight ends that we brought up earlier. Jack Doyle, Witten, Ben Watson. Those mm-hmm. are all guys I would still start over Evan Ingram. It's not a knock on Ingram. I just no, think those fun. guys have more volume and more targets in their, in their respective offenses. I'm kind of offenses. excited, though, as a Giant fan for Ingram. Not oh, only he's going to be great. Just you know, for the next couple of years, uh, you know, I've said it before, they just even in the preseason, they look like they really wanted to get him involved in this offense. He's not your typical rookie tight end that takes a year or two to really get adjusted. I have, for what it's worth, I have him, of those guys you named, I have him only ahead of uh, Ben Watson. Mm-hmm. Because I, I just think the red zone it, when they so far this year when the the Giants have gotten near the end zone the, the <laughs> one or two times they've done it they have looked Evan Ingram's way right so and, uh, any anybody on the run run game of uh, the Eagles I mean Blunt uh, no Smallwood I, I no. think you I think them, right I think Sproles is in flex consideration in mm-hmm. PPR leagues okay. I think that's that I every single with. week yeah. he has a pretty safe floor I would mm-hmm. say I wanted to bring up Carson Wentz real quick because he has had two uh, tougher matchups so far or mm-hmm. on paper should have been tougher matchups and he's excelled in those games so I currently have him ranked as QB 15 this week would you guys start him over either Mariota or Russell Wilson because I think we we got a few calls about that yesterday and I think it's a very close call the Eagles don't have a run game. Very mm-hmm. similar to the Giants. There's just a lot of volume hurting, in the pass game hurting right now. Wentz's uh, advancement this year. I, I mean, I'm still high on him, but look look at what Simeon's been doing this this year. And I think a part of it is because he's had that good run game. You know, C.J. Anderson has, has done well. So uh, what do you think there, Mikey? Frank, I think it's a good question that you bring up because in my rankings, they are back to back to back. Mm-mm-mm. I do too. And you know what? I think I'm going to put Carson Wentz ahead of all of them. I, I just think what we've seen at him so far, he went into Kansas City last week and still had a very good game. Is he going to have 50 rushing yards every single week? Absolutely not. But he is athletic enough where he can get out of the pocket and he can make some plays with his legs. So mm-hmm. maybe that gives you a nice little floor as well with some kind of rushing production. I just think the fact that they have absolutely no running game means that he's going to have to throw the ball 40-plus times again. Uh, and if Janoris Jenkins is out, that certainly helps as well. Yeah. So I'm moving him ahead of both of those guys. I have him just below them, but I have no knock. Like I said, I have them literally one, two, three in a row well, in my rankings. Have, uh, you rank I have it uh, Wilson, Mariota, Wentz right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, that's a tough call. Um, so it is, I mean, uh, the fact that Jenkins is out, I guess you could you could consider uh, Wentz. Look, I have I have a stat on Mariota, and I don't know if we're going to get to that game at some point. Mm-hmm. So when we come back, I'll bring that up. Okay, he's a guy who really feasts in great matchups, and then when he ha- goes up against tougher defenses, tougher secondaries, he's really not as good. So I'll, I'll speak about that a little bit when we get All back. Right, Nick's tease. first game of the season against the Thunder. They, wow, you'll be there. Probably not. We'll be right back with more. On the Fancy Sports Radio Network, more week three preview. Hello. 
Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the DraftKings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. It's the final countdown. Well, we still have about 36 minutes left to show, so you can give us a call, 844-843-6879. Any lineup or trade questions that you have? Pete's trying to get rid of us, I think. <laughs> what? Like, what oh, the final countdown. Now you guys are off. Now it's, <laughs> well, that's what not, I was just thinking. Why is this guy trying to get rid of us? Well, he wants to be anywhere. the one-hit wonder. He <laughs> wants the airwaves to himself. <laughs> we're not going anywhere until we talk to Charlie in California. Charlie, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. What's happening, Charlie? Oh, I had a question. I, I was thinking about either start. Like, I don't know who should I start, Kareem Hunt or Gordon. You're starting Kareem Hunt this week. Kareem yeah. Hunt is a top five running back going forward, at least until we see different. And Melvin Gordon, I mean, I would. I, they're both RB ones, mm-hmm. but if you had to choose between those two, you're going with Kareem Hunt, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree 100%. He's matchup proof as of right now. And as good as Melvin Gordon has good uh, has been so far, he's still averaging under three yards per carry. So mm-hmm. I'm going Kareem Hunt regardless. And he'll, he's going to play, but I think he has a, a knee issue too, Melvin Gordon. But uh, there you go. Keep Hunt in your lineup. All right, Charlie. Thanks for calling up. All right. Uh one doesn't our croupier spin the wheel, but uh, at the same time, my buddy Frank wanted to mention something about Marcus Mariota. Yeah, so I look back at last year's game log, uh, and in games where he was going up against teams that ranked um, in the in the lower half of the league mm-hmm. against quarterbacks, that means uh, stopping quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They gave up the fifth, the fifth, sixteen through thirty-two, the least amount of fantasy points. He averaged two hundred and twelve passing yards in those games. One touchdown thrown in those games, 0.7 interceptions, only 14 rushing yards per game, and one rushing touchdown total. That was in seven games mm-hmm. against those tougher defenses. Um, in, the, in the top half of the league, the teams that gave up the most fantasy points right. to opposing quarterbacks, he averaged 242 passing yards per game, 2.3 passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. 0.5 interceptions, and 30.8 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown. That was in eight games. So right. you can see just from averaging one touchdown in seven games in those tougher matches, Matchups, uh, opposed to in those eight games where it was better matchups, he averaged 2.3 passing touchdowns per game. So mm-hmm. uh, he went on that stretch run, and I'm not going yeah. to n- deny Week that. Five through 12, yeah. Where he, he was the QB1 throughout that span. Mm-hmm. But that's because they, those were amazing matchups, a lot of those games. And in games where he uh, has tougher defenses, mm-hmm. he struggles. I, it sounds like it's easy to say, like, oh, yeah, you know, a quarterback in a tougher matchup, of course he's going to struggle. So then why are we still considering starting Marcus Mariota this week against the Seattle Seahawks? Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to bring that stat up. I now have him behind Carson Wentz. I have him ranked as QB 14 this week. Uh, I I think that if you drafted Mariota and you got Wentz later on in the draft or... 
like a Dak Prescott or something like that. I'm going to go with one of those guys, Phillip Rivers I'm using over him, Big Ben, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say I'm going to use like Alex Smith or mm-hmm. you know one of these Trevor Simeons yet. Right. Uh, but I did want to bring up the fact that when you look at Marcus Mariota moving forward, just know that he feasts on good matchups mm-hmm. and in struggles in the, against tougher defenses. Well, it, it is very close. Like you asked Wentz or Wilson uh, or Mariota. I mean, I think it's very close. But I guess the, the, you know, the fact that Jenkins is going to be playing uh, maybe gives uh, Wentz the slight uh, uptick over him. And I think the Seattle-Tennessee game is going to be really low scoring. Mike, where did that roulette land? Roulette landed. <laughs> Bucks Vikings. Bucks Vikings. So uh, obviously Sam Bradford out. Uh, we saw what their offense. <laughs> and I think just, he, he, he might be out. It looks like for an extended period of time. Yeah, right? it's Mike Zimmer. He yeah. could Don't worry, out. it's fine. He could, yeah. be, he could be out one week. He could be out six, <laughs> but he's okay. Don't worry but, about it, right? Just don't worry about it. But didn't he meet with a, a surgeon or something? Or did I? Yeah, I think it was wrong? Dr. Mm-hmm. James Andrews, mm-hmm. too. So if that's yeah. the case, that is a, a very telling sign. Mm-hmm. In 27 career games for Case Keenum, he has a 24-20 to 20 touchdown to INT ratio. Hmm. That's what you need to know about Case Keenum. He brings everything down in this offense. Stephon Diggs drops to a low-end wide receiver three. Honestly, if you can avoid him at all costs, I would. Mm-hmm. Adam Phelan gets dropped out. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to want to use Kyle Rudolph. I don't care that it's Case Keenum in or the fact that you know, he's throwing shorter passes. He's the passes. only guy. I, I hit him and, and, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, that's the only two I would consider using because I, I, I still think that he has an opportunity to score a touchdown this week, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, I still not have my favorite, Rudolph as yeah. a tight end one. I think favorite. he's a low end tight end one though, like right there on the cusp. And in Dalvin Cook, I'm dropping down to like a low end RB two this week. I, I just I don't care about the volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you have Case Keenum as your quarterback, uh, and we've seen teams like this already this season. Isaiah Crowell, I I brought it up on BFS earlier in the week. Why is he struggling? Teams are not respecting Deshaun Kaiser. They're stacking the box against him. They're going to do the same thing against Dalvin Cook and Case Keenum. If Case, why would you respect the pass if Case Keenum isn't going to beat you down the field? You're not going to do that. You're just going to, you know, load a bunch of linebackers and safeties up in the box and try and stop Dalvin Cook. Arguably one of the uh, their best offensive weapons. So mm-hmm. a- until they see Case Keenum make a play, they're going to try and stop Dalvin Cook. And I just don't think that bodes well for him this week. Yeah, I I did move him down into the RB2 range as well. But like I said, I had uh, Kyle Rudolph. I have him like 8th or ninth amongst tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still finalizing exactly where I want to put him. Mm-hmm. But Stephon Diggs, I agree with Frank, man. Like He is a low-end wide receiver 3. Mm-hmm. Thielen is a little bit lower. I know Thielen had the better game of the two last week, but... I I don't think we could take anything away from that just mm-hmm. yet. It, it was one game. I, I do want to see what they do now with another week of no Sam Bradford. But it is, it's getting harder and harder to trust these guys. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were asking me, uh, after last week, should I try and trade for Diggs? Oh, maybe I could acquire a Thielen because their owner is worried about Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. And I said, you should be worried about Sam Bradford, too, because <laughs> if you're trying to trade for these guys, because their value is directly tied yeah, to if Sam course. Bradford is yeah. out there or not. Kaepernick? Oh. <laughs> in, in Minnesota? What do you think? I mean, any time a quarterback is going to go down, you know, his name is going to pop up. You know, it would be awesome if Teddy Bridgewater gets another shot at some point this mm-hmm. season, which I think there Supposedly might be a chance. He might, but I heard he might have an opportunity, but mid-season, season, I'm hearing, right? yeah. yeah. If Sam Bradford's healthy, though, it's going to be, in my opinion, it is Sam Bradford's mm-hmm. job. It just this doesn't bode well. I, I don't like the 
I think it's going to be a multi-week situation. Maybe they call up uh, Tony Romo. They to get him come out <laughs> of the booth. Ma- yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody tweeted that out. Uh, imagine. Uh, Remember when uh, Brett Favre didn't he when he played for the the Vikings he had really good success but that's years ago you were very young uh-huh. <laughs> uh, would uh, you would you fade Cook would you would you bench him I mean, it's tough I mean I, I know last I week don't think tw- I would. twelve rushes sixty four yards still over five yards per carry I mean I think he's going to have some volume this week like, and that was against the Steelers mm-hmm. like who would you who would you rather use between like Dalvin Cook or Amir Abdullah. Like, it's a much better matchup on paper for Amir Abdullah. And then in a PPR, what if you're deciding Dalvin Cook and Theo Riddick? I do have Dalvin Cook just ahead of Abdullah in standard and, like, two two or three spots ahead of Riddick But how can you feel PPR? good about doing that, though? It just feels dirty. It feels like, you know, starting your studs. But this is something we talk about. Do you absolutely have to start your stud if Case Keenum is the quarterback? Or do you go with the better I, matchup with the other guys? I still think that the volume that you know, I think it could only lead to more volume because, mm-hmm. like last week, they had a, a very tough matchup in the Steelers. This week, the Bucks and a lot of the Bucks up front guys are questionable. I, I think it, it it's not as hard of a matchup as it was last week against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I could see them uh, looking to get Dalvin Cook, especially early on in the game, like mm-hmm. just control the clock, rely on your defense to kind of contain the Bucks' offensive weapons and, and so that is why I have him just ahead of those guys but I do love me some lines this week I can't say I don't what do we think about on the Bucks side uh, I mean Evans is an automatic yeah, and you know what's crazy we're still getting questions about that though. like people are saying Xavier Rhodes I get it he's one of the best shutdown corners in the league mm-hmm. but Mike Evans you know to his credit, is one of the hardest matchups in the league. Like, mm-hmm. regardless if you're a great corner, I mean, Mike Evans is six foot five. He can jump out of the gym. Right. Uh, he's going to be a matchup nightmare in the red zone as well. So I- I'm starting him. He's a, a wide receiver one, regardless of who he's facing. It doesn't matter to me. Deshaun Jackson, I think he is a a solid wide receiver three. He actually saw like 23 percent of the target share last week, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good amount. Uh, and I didn't watch that game entirely, but I heard that. Jameis missed him on a big play, and that could have you know, led to a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, that's all Deshaun Jackson needs. If they're focusing on Mike Evans on the other side of the field, maybe Deshaun Jackson could break one. I think he's in that wide receiver three discussion. Do yeah, wanna... no, I, do, I yeah. do think what Frank said on Evans, though. Rhodes did. He didn't shut down Antonio Brown last week, but he did contain him. Mm-hmm. And he shadowed him, and I expect him 100% to shadow Mike Evans this week. I Because of that, I have Mike Evans ranked fifth. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's still a, a guy that you're going to trust. Deshaun Jackson is what Deshaun Jackson is, in my opinion. He is a wide receiver three with a, a super high ceiling and a very low floor. Mm-hmm. You, you know this guy, the range of outcomes is so diverse. That's why I avoided him in drafts a lot this year. If you own him... I don't. I don't think you're ever going to feel great like Deshaun Jackson. This is a guy I need to have because there was times a lot last week, last year, where he had a good matchup and it just didn't pan didn't out, and then up, he had a yeah. bad matchup, and you know he gets one really long touchdown, and it, it bodes well for him. So, mm-hmm. uh, real quick, we have uh, less than a minute, but uh, you you brought up the Lions running backs. Uh, Obviously, I know you're high on Theo Riddick because top of, twenty water yeah. uh, running back in PPR mm-hmm. for me and Amir Abdullah. I have him as a top 24 running back mm-hmm. in standard this week, um, especially because Dwayne Washington didn't practice all week. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't play, he was the guy that we were seeing coming in in the red zone, uh, more towards the goal line. So if he's not out, maybe we could see some goal line carries from Amir Abdullah. That's I have something Abdullah I would like to see. In both. To quiz Rodgers, I think, uh, not, not a great matchup there against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I have him 
outside my top 24, even in standard, even because of the volume. I'll start a Frank Gore over him. I'll start Tariq Cohen. I'll start Chris Carson over him. All right. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to have Jay Morrison from Cox Media Group. We're going to be talking Bengals football on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, Frankie Cheech Stanfield, Pete Considori producing our show. And we've got a very special guest. We're excited to have him. Jay Morrison from Cox Media Group. He covers the Bengals. You can follow him on Twitter at JMorrisonCMG. Jay, thank you for taking some time out today to join us. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. So let's get right into it. Uh, a lot we want to cover. So it just seems like forever since the Bengals last played, you know, these Thursday night games, right? It's almost like a week and a half. Uh, but uh, they lost to the Texans 13-9, uh, shut out by the Ravens in week one. Uh, media reports that uh, Marvin Lewis faced a near mutiny on his hands and he had to do something. And he uh, replaced Ken Zampezi as the offensive coordinator with quarterbacks coach Bill Lazor. So um, has there been any reports as to the current mood of the Bengals locker room at this point after the movement? Is there optimism now that Lazor is going to be the guy calling the plays for the Bengals offense? Yeah, I think there is. I, no one's going to come out and, and, and you know say it for fear of they, – they, they all liked Ken Zampezi. He, he'd been there since Marvin got here in 2003. So you guys are always kind of couching their comments. They they don't want to, you know, say if you they talk about how excited you are now, it almost kind of points the finger that Zampezi was the problem, which is debatable. I mean, that that could be the problem. He, right. The offense really struggled under him. But I, I think there's any time you have a coaching change, you know, they you, you can't go back and wipe out the record and start over at O and O. But it, it feels like there's a little bit of a fresh start, like a little bit of a reset here, and uh, going to. Going to Green Bay and playing a team that nobody expects them to beat, they, they, there's not a lot of pressure. I, I think they're going to go out and play loose and uh, just anxious to see what this offense is going to look like. You know, you mentioned they, they've had 10 days, which is a little bit longer than one week, but that's still not time to put an entire new offense in. <laughs> right. I don't think we're going to see them look drastically different, but the, the philosophy might be a little bit different. And I know, uh, hey, Jay, uh, this is Mike Florio, by the way. Thanks for coming on. Uh, you were just saying it's not enough sure. time to implement a completely new offense, but has there been any indications as what changes a laser may implement starting this week against the Packers? No, you know, they're playing things really close to the vest. I, I think one thing that, that we will see is them do away with the, the three running back rotation where each guy gets a series. I, 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 from talking to players, talking to some coaches, they want those guys to have defined roles. And, you know, whether that's 
Joe Mixon starting and Jeremy Hill spelling him in relief or vice versa. Um, I, I think the one role everybody pretty much agrees on Giovanni Bernard is a dynamic third down receiver. He's great out of the backfield catching the ball, and he's really underrated as a blitz pickup guy. I mean, he's a little guy, but he sticks his nose in there against some big linebackers blitzing and really does a good job protecting Andy. So I think we'll see Gio kind of being the third down guy. This is a team that doesn't like to start rookies. And so I, I think at some point, I think everybody realizes that at some point Joe Mixon is going to be the guy. I just don't know if they're ready to, to hand that job to him yet. I still think we're going to see Jeremy Hill start, but uh, I would not be surprised to see Joe get get more carries than Jeremy and eventually kind of move into that feature back role and, and let Jeremy do what he specializes in, and that's short yardage, red zone. He's really good at getting in the end zone when they get down close, and he's good on short yardage. And you know, that was one of the things in that Texans game. A couple times they had third and short, and they were handing the ball to Giovanni Bernard. He's a tough little guy, but you got two other big, strong backs, and they were trying to slam Gio up in there, and it didn't work out. So I think once they find roles that they can define for each of these guys, it's going to help the offense. So following up on that, I know it seems like everyone but the Bengals coaches know that Joe Mixon is the is the most talented guy, to, especially for the early down work there. Now being 0-2 with a new offense coordinator, I know you said it's, it's not a guarantee yet, but would you be surprised if they just came out right away? And I know while they don't like starting rookies, is there a, a good chance that this is the week where desperate measures – you know, causes a uh, desperate situation, cause for desperate measures that they they go with Mixon, or do you still think we it may take two, three more weeks? Yeah, I still think it's going to take some time. Um, you know, one of the you look back at Jeremy Hill's rookie year, he was clearly better than 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 Jarvis Green Ellis, and it was like week eight, week nine before they really kind of got him untracked, and he had the most rushing yards in the league over the second half of that season. It, it's just something. There's a just an inherent distrust with rookies and, and the two their top two rookies this year have kind of proven it we saw john ross fumble the ball on his first touch of the first nfl touch last week and then in the preseason uh mixon lost a fumble so it's it's one of those things where they you know you, you can't play scared and you can't be can't like not stick the guy in because you think he's going to fumble but i i just think that they they have this little aversion to rookies that they're not going to stick him in and, and make him the guy and especially another thing to think about I mean it's it's going to be really hot in Green Bay on Sunday mm. and you, you probably want to split the, the carries between those guys anytime you're playing an Aaron Rodgers or any great quarterback you want to run the ball control the clock shorten the game I think that's going to be the game plan on Sunday and it would make sense to to try to rotate those guys on some level uh, to have them both fresh at the end of the game. Hey, Jay, Frank Stample here. Uh, I want to ask you about Andy Dalton. He's got got off to a tough uh, start so far this year, threw four interceptions in week one, hasn't thrown a TD pass yet, uh, but he lost two key members of his offensive line in Kevin Zeitler and Andrew Whitworth. We're reminded of Whitworth's value in particular. Uh, you know, we just saw Jared Goff have a, have a great game on Thursday night. Dalton has been sacked eight times this season. How much of the struggles can be attributed to the play of the offensive line, and how much of it goes on Andy Dalton? Yeah, I think it's uh, probably 75-25 line to Dalton. I mean, one thing, all four interceptions he threw against the Ravens, he wasn't pressured on. But when you are getting pressure 
as often as he has been, you start kind of perceiving it even when it's not there. And, and you, you get a little antsy and, and you, your feet get happy and you try to get the ball out quicker. You don't make all your reads. You try to go to the first one you see. And I, I just think that's one thing. Andy's never going to be a Brady or a Rodgers, that kind of guy. But the last couple of years, he has been really good at protecting the football. Only threw eight interceptions last year. That's the fewest that any Bengals quarterback's ever thrown in franchise history. He was just been so good at decision making, and that's that's been one of the biggest surprises this year is is how how bad he has looked in that regard in terms of his decision making. Um, that there's no white horses out there that are going to ride in and save this offensive line. We've seen offensive line play kind of decline all across the league. It's just these guys come out of college; they're running spread offenses. They're not taught to to block the pro style, and it's it's starting to really show up in, in the NFL ranks. Um, they, they drafted tackles in the first and second round a couple of years ago. They, when they did that, they were committed to making those guys the starters, and I, I think they would have loved to have had Andrew Whitworth back. I don't think anybody in the organization, organization thought that Cedric O'Boy, he would be better than Andrew Whitworth this year, but when you make that move and you draft two tackles first and second round, you can't just blow up the plan. You got to stick them in there, and, and they still think they can develop those guys into solid players. But it looks like there's going to be some growing pains, and, and that's another another reason why I think that if they can get the running game going, and if they can get Joe Mixon going in the passing game, they did that a lot in the spring. They threw to him out of the backfield all the time in, in OTAs and minicamp, and they've kind of abandoned it in the preseason. The first two games, that's another area I would look for them to try to slow down that pass rush with a, with a lot of screens to, to Joe Mixon and, and a lot of quick short passes to A.J. Green and, and whoever else happens to be out there. So you mentioned uh, Dalton did a good job last season of uh, holding on to the ball and not turning it over, uh, but he did throw just 18 touchdown passes. I mean, uh, part of that obviously has to do with the A.J. Green missing uh, the last six games of the season. Um but do you think that the Bengals and in particular AJ Green still have faith in him as a quarterback that could, you know, as a leader? Yeah, I do. I, I really do. I, I think everybody in the locker room has Andy's back. Um, the, the, it was just a curious thing last year, and again, that may go back to Ken Zampezi's play calling. Is they had no trouble moving the ball, and when they got down in the red zone, they just they bogged down for whatever reason, and then they'd settle for field goals, and Mike Nugent would mix kicks and. Everything just kind of imploded. Uh, you, you mentioned him not having A.J. last year, but he didn't have Tyler Eifert for half the year, and now he's not going to have Eifert again on Sunday. But um, he, he was missing quite a few weapons last year. They He did take care of the ball. The, the touchdowns were down because of that, because he didn't have the, the weapons. He had a, a second-round pick that they, in Tyler Boyd that they were trying to work into the offense. Um, I don't think anybody in that locker room – wants to see a change. I know there was a report this week that some of the some players supposedly wanted Colin Kaepernick to come in. I think they have faith in A.J. McCarron and in Andy Dalton, but Andy's under contract through 2020, and you're paying a guy that kind of money. If they bench him for A.J. McCarron, you, don't, you, you can't reverse that move. I, I just don't, barring an injury, I don't see that happening. I think the front office is behind Andy. I think the players are behind Andy, and I think the coaches are behind Andy, and, and they're going to ride with him this year. So, Jay, we got about a minute left. Uh, just A.J. Green is going to – he was frustrated after the game last week. He made a, not, a lot of nice catchers, catches on tight coverage. Are we going to see him just get peppered with targets this week? If you have to set an over-under for A.J. Green targets in week three, what would you set it at? 
what, what was the number you had for over under? Oh no, I'm asking if you had to set one. Like, are we going to see like ten? Oh, 10? If I had to set one. No, I, I don't think you know, what, what I talked about earlier about Andy really getting good at, at not making mistakes when he was the bad Andy throwing all the interceptions. It because he it was because he was forcing that ball into AJ Green all the time, ten to twelve times a game. I, I don't think I don't think AJ is a guy that is, he's not a, a me kind of guy. His comments were really surprising last week, but I, I don't think he. He's the kind of guy that's going to demand the ball, and I don't think this is an offense that has to force feed him the ball. They've got other playmakers out there, and if if AJ needs to be a decoy on plays, that that just frees up the rest of the offense. Um, you know, I, I would look for I would look for him to get more, but uh, I still would put it probably in the six or seven, maybe eight target range. Uh, you know, unless if if Green Bay comes out and scores touchdowns on their first three possessions and the Bengals go down 21 nothing then yeah then it might be a 12 or 13 target game for AJ all right you're listening to or you've been listening to Jay Morrison Cox Media Group follow him at Jay Morrison CMG Jay thanks for uh, spending some time with us uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend hope to talk to you again as the season progresses okay good talking to you guys all right take care and we'll be back with more on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network weekend fantasy update. Wrapping it up for you. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, uh, Frankie Cheech, Stanford, Pico Story has done a great job producing our show. And I want to remind you to uh, visit rotoexperts.com slash DKMS where you can learn about the fight against blood cancer. You could register to be a blood marrow donor. You could uh, make a contribution monetarily to help fight the disease. Um, and at the same time, you could take your love of a fantasy football and uh, also uh, help out a good cause at rotoexperts.com slash DKMS. At the bottom of the page, there's a link that you could follow in order to play a free DFS weekly contest. And all three of us are playing, and, and the winner of each individual week is going to have an opportunity to be in a, a larger contest, Week 17, where you could win two tickets to see the Super Bowl live in Minnesota in February. So uh, the three of us uh, put in a lineup so you could play against us. Yeah, when you said two tickets there, I thought you were going to say to paradise. Yeah, that like, was, yeah. Two tickets to paradise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are we revealing our lineup? Yeah, Is that yeah. what we're doing? You're me with your knowledge of uh, old school uh, rock, yeah. <laughs> All right, so. That's Eddie Money, right? Okay, so uh, quarterbacks. Oh, I love Eddie Money. That, that, he sings like, that song? Yeah, yeah, you know sure. what song I love, Joe? That girl was shaking. <laughs> yes. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. You like girls that shake. I know it's you. It's a good song. Yeah, okay. So, quarterbacks, uh, I put in Jay Cutler. I think both of you, who'd you go with? 
Matthew, Matthew Stafford. Stafford. Yeah. That's my guy. There you go. Okay. My two running backs, Jay Ajayi and a Theoretic. I have Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. I have Ajayi and Crowell, but I do. I, oh, I know you have Theoretic. I have Abdullah as a flex. Mm-hmm. All right, wide receivers. Uh, I put in Kelvin Benjamin. I know that Mikey loves that pick, uh, and uh, Antonio Brown. I went with some chalk there. Yeah, you know, I have Keenan Allen and AJ Green, but Kelvin Benjamin is one of my flexes, so we're, we're similar there. Would you go with the wide receiver wise, Frankie? I have Terrell Pryor. I have Alshon Jeffrey, and I also went with AJ Green. I'm hoping uh, I like that the over Pryor under because you know not many people are going to be on him, so you you know you might have something. There. He said my season starts this week. Against the Oakland Raiders. Oh, well, what were you doing the first two weeks? Come yeah, what on, were you guys? just out here doodling? <laughs> All right, tight end? Eric Ebron. Zach Ertz. Eagle stack, baby. Uh, Jack Doyle for me. Uh, my two flexes are Christian McCaffrey, which I think one of you is starting as your running back, and Lamar Miller. I think that Lamar Miller could get a lot of uh, I agree. Uh, That's a good catching, call. Uh, in that game against I have the Hollywood Patriots. Higgins as Hollywood. one of my flexes, too. I have uh, Benjamin and Abdullah. Mm-hmm. All right. What about defenses? Broncos. Eagles, baby. Me too. Eagles stack. And it kills me as a Giants fan uh, to play the Eagles defense. But look, that offensive line for the Giants is just uh, not getting it done. And uh, the Eagles, I think the third with the most sacks. So, I mean, their secondary uh, is so-so. But then again, the Giants passing game is, has been non-existent. So. Yeah, the Eagles get so much pressure. That is not a good recipe for Eli Manning. No. Go to rotoexperts.com slash DKMS. Thanks for tuning in to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. For Joe Galena, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, and Pete Sidori. have a great weekend. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us.